Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. everyone, Dr. Liz here, and it is the interview with Dr. Liz and Dr. Liz. Dr. Liz and I met as part of our podcasting group that we have online, and there's a lot of overlap between what we do, not just hypnosis, but DBT, dialectical behavior therapy. She does EMDR, which is focused on trauma. I do a lot of trauma work as well, although I'm not trained in EMDR and I don't do MDR. So we cover quite a variety of topics in this interview including radical acceptance, the dialectic of holding pain and wanting to feel better. Both of those go on at the same time for most people. We give two easy exercises to tune into when something feels true in your body. Sometimes it's hard for people to really get a sense of that. So we give two easy ways to get a sense of it. And then we also talk about ketamine for a little bit because she was involved in some of the research about ketamine for depression I hope you really enjoy the interview and learn a little bit more about hypnosis as well as EMDR and different treatments and how they can help you. All right, let's jump in. Peace. Hi, Dr. Liz. Welcome to Hypnotize Me. Hi, Dr. Liz. It's great to be here. Yes. Forgot to ask, how do you pronounce your name? I know I get this a lot. It's Slow Nena. Slow Nina. Okay. You got it. It means um, bacon in Polish. Oh, <laughs> one of my favorite things to eat, right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. So I'm going to just jump right in here with questions. How did you first learn about hypnosis? Yeah, that's an interesting story. So I started off being exposed to mindfulness first back when I was probably 13 years old, um, having a lot of asthma problems um, and was introduced to mindful breathing techniques. And so um, I've been using kind of mindfulness since then and didn't really stumble upon hypnosis or especially clinical hypnosis um, until I was at the um, National Institute of Mental Health um, doing some uh, fellowship, research fellowship there on ketamine as a rapid antidepressant um, and treatment-resistant depression. And there was this grand rounds um, speaker talking about the brain areas um, associated with clinical hypnosis. And at first I was like, what the heck is NIH doing? They're sponsoring this. That's pseudoscience. But I walked out of that speaker presentation with kind of like just light bulbs going off my head. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really mind-body medicine at its core. Um, so that really transformed my way and perception yeah. of what clinical hypnosis this is all about, that it really is real. It really does change areas of your brain to help with natural healing. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so this was back when I was applying to, you know, doctoral programs, looking specifically for mind-body medicine, specifically mindfulness researchers. Um, And lo and behold, um, there was only one program that had mind-body medicine, specifically clinical hypnosis. Um, And lo and behold, I ended up being there at Baylor University um, with Dr. Um, Gary Elkins' um, mentorship. And so- Baylor in Texas? That's right. Waco, Texas. So, Uh you know, the good old fixer uppers and all that good stuff, Chip and Joanna. So, yes. Yeah. I'm from Texas originally. So, I know where Baylor is. Yeah. 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 So, um, and it was really interesting just to see the overlaps and the shared commonalities and differences of mindfulness and hypnosis. Um, And going into grad school, I wanted in my vision, like, okay, if I'm going to be doing clinical hypnosis, I want to make it mindful hypnosis and see how we can make this kind of interventions and both these interventions be synergistic and be even more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So who originally introduced you to mindfulness? Oh man, I'm trying to remember specifically. Um, I know there was a few doctors involved because I was like, why am I keep on having these asthma attacks, but I will have to give credit to my mom. (laughs) So yeah, my mom, um, she's kind of into new age um, techniques, um, Deepak Chopra and all that. So we started off um, just listening to a lot of guided meditations and learning different ways of how to kind of live our life and see our life in a mindfulness perspective. So I would say I would give most of my credit to my mom of just introducing me to this um, kind of new world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then how does mindfulness hypnosis differ from just hypnosis? Ooh, I love that question. And I know I'm going to split some hairs because this is like a hot debate when it comes to mindfulness practitioners and uh, clinical hypnosis practitioners. How mindful hypnosis differs from just straight up hypnosis is that what we are delivering, like if you can think of what is the medicine that we're delivering to folks, mindfulness and the characteristics and principles of how to live mindfully, um, being in the present moment, radical acceptance, equanimity, compassion, that is the medicine that we're delivering through our hypnotic suggestions. And um, so we're really intentional um, with the delivery of mindfulness through clinical, you know, clinical hypnosis metaphors or imagery, um, Mm -hmm. but in a way that kind of hypnosis is that pill capsule to deliver the medicine of mindfulness. Um, Another comparison that I like to say with just straight up hypnosis is that um, mindful hypnosis has more... Ericksonian techniques and my perspective of giving opportunities, welcoming people to join you um, instead of more directive approaches that are very um, characteristic of clinical hypnosis. Um, in that, so let me, mm-hmm. um, let me break that down some yeah. for the listeners. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I mean, the majority of my listeners probably aren't familiar with Ericksonian techniques, sure. period. But also I want to differentiate between like direct suggestion and mm-hmm. what you're talking about, um, welcoming someone to join you, let's say, in the therapeutic right. process, right? In therapy, mm-hmm. in 
um, change thinking is what I call it, like retraining the brain. Yeah. Like, are we going to do this collaboratively, right? Like this is a collaborative relationship mm-hmm. when we're working together. This is how I see it. I, I'm interested in your perspective right, on it, right. but this is a collaborative relationship. So what are we going to do in the conscious state to work on how we change our brain, how we change our thoughts, how we perceive the moment, how we perceive pain or lack thereof, right? Or escaping mm-hmm. pain, which we're all right. made to do versus like, all right, you know, you come in, you talk some, you go into hypnosis, I give you direct suggestions, you take that mm-hmm. home, you listen to it. That's more like direct suggestions mm-hmm. versus um, indirect. Mm-hmm. Although I'm pausing here because even talk therapy is a lot of direct suggestion, right? right? Yeah. Homework. (laughs) Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Right. Or even in the meeting, like if we reframe something, right, Mm -hmm. for struggling and say, okay, let's look at that a different way. Mm -hmm. That's one type of suggestion, right? Mm -hmm. And people have different openness to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see that difference? Yeah. And that's a wonderful way of just hearing how you differentiate them. And I'm pretty similar in that too of Ericksonian or non-direct or conversational hypnosis is inviting a collaboration between you and the other person of um, allowing them to be kind of the narrator of their own story, um, suggesting and kind of like covert ways of how they can, you know, shift um, how they're perceiving things. So I'm trying to think of an example. Of like, yeah, I was going to say, because people yeah. hear the word overt and be like, what do you mean? You know? Yeah. Are you yeah. suggesting so, something I'm not aware of? And it's yeah. Like, no, 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 no. You're completely aware. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Um, it's just a, an interesting way to invite. So one of my favorite indirect suggestions would be, I wonder how you'll make yourself 10% more comfortable to invite 20% more relaxation. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I noticed myself even shifting my position kind of consciously and unconsciously to invite more relaxation in my body and mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's flip over to the direct way Yeah. of now you will become relaxed right here, right now, in this present moment. Oh, that's funny. I never say that. Yeah, I know. I don't either. I I personally hate it, and I think it's just like it just sounds so. uh, It's like a command, right? Like yes, I don't do command therapy. (laughs) Right, right. I I really dislike it. Um, especially I work with mostly survivors of trauma, where Mm -hmm, power and choice and agency is so important. Um, and also I think. I, I'm starting to think about this too, as being a woman too, um, and working with other women as well. I want there to be choice and agency and never want there to be unequal distribution of power, which sometimes clinical and directive hypnosis has that connotation of you are the patient, you must obey, you're going into trance now. Um, yeah, yeah. And that that direct hierarchy does not resonate with me. Me neither. Yeah. And I, yeah. I maybe because it doesn't resonate with me, I don't find it very effective. Like I can't right. 
I mean, think about even you're walking along and let's say something really stressful happens, which, you know, we're in 2020 and this may air, it's going to air probably shortly after 2020. Mm -hmm. Thank God 2020 will be over. (laughs) Oh, yes. Put that in the past. But plenty (laughs) of examples, opportunities we have of stressful events this year. And um, it never works to tell myself, relax, relax, relax. Like that doesn't work for me. You know, it's like, okay, let's start with the body. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can relax some part of my body. And then the mind's going to follow. Mm -hmm. It's like starting with the mind is more the command type, right? Right. And I I relax. Yeah. Yeah. And what resists persists. And it's kind of like direct hypnosis or command. It's kind of like, don't think about a blue car. Yeah. What do you start thinking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I had a, a real estate agent when I bought my home in South Florida, where, you know, buying a home doesn't have to be stressful, but there were some stressful <laughs> points. Okay. Mm-hmm, so, of yeah. And, um, at the time, the mortgage industry too was like, you basically have to, since I was self-employed, I basically had to like go down and give them some blood, you know, like everything had to line up. And even my, um, my mortgage person was like, the stars aligned for you. And I was like, (laughs) woohoo. Yay. (laughs) But but she said to me like, oh my God, calm down. Like sort of Mm -hmm. like that. And that's Mm -hmm. the same thing, right? Relax. And it's like, I told her, don't ever say that to someone again. That's not helpful. That makes them more anxious. Right. There's like the pressure on one, two, three, go, just completely relax. And, you know, if it was that easy of telling someone, you know, with anxiety or a panic attack, just be calm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. We it's wouldn't like, have jobs, yeah. right? Right. Like, yeah, that yeah. doesn't really work. Yeah. Right. And exactly. if anything, just just be calm or don't worry about it. That's honestly a paradoxical suggestion to enhance your worry. Yes. Yeah. Versus introducing choice. Right. right. Like you can choose to worry about it. And what percent do you want to worry about it? Right. And you can choose to shift the thoughts to something that's going to help you feel better, not to deny reality, mm-hmm. but just to help you handle what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, choice that, is always a really big piece for me. Yes. And for me too, just this, I'm sure you've you know, been through this too with 2020 being 2020. Um, there's so much change, so much uncertainty and just inherent anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that radical acceptance piece that mindfulness is so great of teaching us is that just saying like, yeah, this really sucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And like fully embracing, like I am experiencing anxiety right now Yeah, and that's okay. That's that's part of being human. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. This anxiety is serving me some way, somehow. And there's this choice of how much do I want to nourish this anxiety? Or perhaps what would be more helpful in this moment? Absolutely. Yeah, I've sent out several newsletters on radical acceptance this year. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think I did an episode on it as well. And um And to any listeners, I have a free worksheet on it. If you want to just email me, Dr. Liz at drlizhypnosis.com, I'm happy to email that out to you. And um, it's a big piece, right? Radical Mm -hmm. acceptance of no matter what you're dealing with, this is what's 
happened. This is what's happening. How do I accept that instead of try to deny it? And mm-hmm. when you're denying, you're staying in pain. That's right. Yeah. And the struggle becomes realer and realer. And um, I like the kind of metaphor. If you if you keep on clinging to what you want or what you didn't get, it's kind of like holding on to a rope until it burns you. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. Time- and it is work to shift those thoughts. Oh my gosh. It is. Daily. Yeah. I would say for me, daily. Yeah. There's you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially with technology. Oh my gosh. There's just like <laughs> so many opportunities to cling to why isn't this working or this should work? And just be like taking a deep breath and just saying what it is, like, wow, this is really stressful right now. Yes. This is, this is really frustrating. Yeah. And- Both Liz and I had a computer crashes in the past, (laughs) what is it, two weeks or three weeks or something? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like the stars are aligned. It's like, oh, maybe it is time for a new laptop right now. But But even in in different ways, technology is a great example, but I always use the example of my ex-husband. It's like, oh, I wish he was so-and-so, you know, I wish he was this Mm -hmm. way or I wish he was Mm -hmm. that way or something like that. Right. That's an easy one too. And that's, not really radical acceptance. No, no. It's like, oh, he is this way. This is the decision he made, or this is what he chose to do. Now, how do I move forward from that? Yeah, yeah. And that radical acceptance, I think, allows more power back in your own court. Okay. So, yes, it's realistic. You can't change other people. You can't change maybe technology sometimes, mm-hmm. but really acknowledging that, you know, that, that, power and choice of, you know, what can I do? What do I do have an opportunity to shift? Um, How can I nourish myself in this moment instead of digging the hole deeper and getting more and more and more frustrated? Um, And it is a challenge because I think our society, especially Western society, is like, we need to fix it. We got to do something in order to fix it and then everything will be better. Um, And that's usually not not the not the helpful or most um, straightforward approach either, because sometimes we can dig that hole even harder and longer and deeper if we keep on trying to fix something instead of just being and kind of like just sitting in the hole uh, until like an answer arises within. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about rushing to fix it versus mm-hmm. let's be present with it which is Mm -hmm. part of the mindfulness concept. Let's be present with this. Mm -hmm. Let's wait for an opening inside of ourselves Mm -hmm. that will show us the way or whatever that is. And it's, I mean, in my perspective, it's like, all right, sometimes you do need help, right? You're like, okay, I do Mm want to fix this. This is awful. I I need some help, right? Right. So you reach out, but um, you know, how you reach out makes a difference, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I really come from kind of a a dialectical approach, um, DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy, which really emphasizes that there's opportunities for acceptance. And Mm -hmm. then there's some opportunities to um, initiate some change. And with that perspective of knowing kind of like the serenity prayer um, of knowing when to accept something and knowing what you have the power to control. 
And I think that approach um, with DBT dialectics of acceptance and change um, is what I really highlight in um, mindful hypnosis, that there is an opportunity to embrace and accept and be mindfully aware of what struggles you have or even body sensations. And then offering kind of a a choice, um, a shift towards, well, how would you rather want it to be? Um, to shift and change in some place that is more nourishing for you and more helpful and wise um, moving forward. Yes. Yeah. I'm trained in DBT as well and love it. Mm-hmm. I didn't yes. realize we had that overlap. We have quite a few here yeah, between us. Do. Yeah. That's awesome. But it is that wonderful dialectic is like holding the opposites. If you can... Mm-hmm hold up your left hand and your right and sort of, you know, put them up and down, up and down, right? Like Wayne holding the opposites. And it's like, okay, I can accept that I'm in pain, right? Mm -hmm. And I can also say I'd like to be out of pain, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's that's the dialectic. When you're talking about mindful hypnosis, introducing the opportunity to feel differently in there, Mm -hmm. I think what I heard you say, it's like, okay, that's one method right? Of tapping mm-hmm. into that dialectic, tapping mm-hmm. into uh, radical acceptance and wanting to feel better. Right. Holding yeah. both of those. Right. And I love the amazing and wonderful power of the unconscious mind. Um, with most of my mindful hypnosis sessions um, or recordings, um, allowing people to really dive in deep with their inner wisdom or mm-hmm. what I like to say, their their source of inner resource. It's like a similar to wise mind of yes. um, embracing, you know, the logical side and the emotional side, holding them both together and really proceeding wisely and mindfully. Um, but just it's a really amazing that we really do have all the answers within us. Um, it's it's really up to us to really pause, to silence, or at least quiet down the internal chatter, um, and really listen to ourselves and what we really need in this moment. Yes, and, yeah, it, yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give an easy exercise for people to test this out because often what I hear is like I don't know, right? Like I don't know mm-hmm. how to access that wisdom. I don't know, like I feel lost here. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward. And I don't know how to feel that, right? Right. So a very easy one is to pause and say a name that's not yours, right? My name is, I don't know if I say my name is Eva. That's my daughter's name. (laughs) It doesn't feel right in me. It's like, no, that feels a little off, right? Or if I say, okay, I say out loud, it's 1956. Mm. Like, nope, it doesn't feel like 1956. It feels like the year from hell, 2020, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So that's an easy way to practice it for people if you're listening. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there is an internal feeling inside that happens when mm-hmm. you introduce something that doesn't feel true. Right. And when you do say, oh, it is 2020 or my name is Elizabeth then there's a certain feeling there. And when you begin to tap into that, it's like, oh, that can go much deeper into Mm -hmm. wisdom, right? How do I need to move forward here? What feels wise to me? What feels thoughtful? 
Right. And I love that technique too. And um, I do a lot of EMDR, so eye movement desensitization Mm -hmm. and reprocessing, which is great for trauma, anxiety, and just unfortunate life situations, aka 2020 in general. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Trauma with a little T maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, And I love that kind of accessing and noticing within your body, what is a yes and what is a no? Um, And being able to tell like internally what that is, what your um, inner voice, inner wisdom is saying. Um, And one of my favorite exercises too is um, grabbing two kind of random objects and well, with telehealth, putting them to the screen. Um, For example, like two different beanie babies or two different action figures Mm -hmm. and just asking the client to be like, which one do you like more? And sometimes they're really hard. Like sometimes I grab a beanie baby that's a zebra and then a beanie Mm -hmm. baby that is a Pegasus. Um, And it's just really interesting to see the clients go through and really kind of literally feel it out. Which one Mm -hmm. do they resonate more with? Which one do they kind of outright dislike? And tuning into your body of even asking them some questions of how do you know that? How do you know that you don't like that? Or how do you know that you like that? I love and that. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of um, growing, I think giving that opportunity and skill to grow tuning into your inner wisdom, your inner voice. Um, Cause oftentimes we like to silence it or mm-hmm. We're too preoccupied or distracted or have so much stress that we we don't really know how to tune in and listen to that inner wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah, I love yeah. that. It's an easy way to practice. Yeah. <laughs> right. How do you know you like the color blue and what shade right. it is? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I want to ask something that you mentioned at the very beginning mm-hmm. about ketamine. Yeah. Because I know someone's going to be interested in that. I know my ears like perked up. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> when did that research find? Oh my gosh, the research is overwhelmingly supportive. Um, so mm. goodness, um, when I was specifically examining treatment-resistant depression and treatment-resistant bipolar disorder, um, it was fascinating. We did, um, you know, a full-on clinical trial with he- healthy controls, placebo-controlled trials of. Um, intravenous ketamine um, mm-hmm. and just putting them into a um, fMRI machine to see the changes in their brains mm-hmm. and all these different interesting um, kind of both sleep-related cascades and just emotional well-being. But essentially what we found is that ketamine um, led to rapid antidepressive effects that happened within 45 minutes of the dose and um, persisted for at least um, five days, sometimes seven days if you are a good responder. Okay. Yeah. And this is fascinating because the population I was working on specifically is treatment resistant depression. Like mm-hmm. they have failed at least two different antidepressants um, that are supposed to be helpful. Um, and ketamine was essentially the only um, medicine that really helped alleviate these downright um, destructive, um, terrible, even suicidal ideation symptoms within depression. Mm. And it was 
absolutely fascinating um, being able to, to um, be in the same room while the infusions of the ketamine were being administered and really seeing it was like a lock patient unit too to make sure that the um, you know clients and patients were um, well stabilized. It was a night and day difference of people on the unit that I kind of like were working up with two months and literally seeing them at their very worst perk right up and be almost like a completely different person free from their depression after this intervention. Mm, wow. Yeah. But yeah. seven days is pretty short. I know. Is like, that, would they have to get another yeah. one? Like, is this an every seven day thing or? Yeah. And that's yeah. what's really unfortunate is that it works really quickly, you know, within 45 minutes and can last, you know, upwards to a week. But that's, that's the, you know, catch 22. It doesn't last that very long. So um, the research is really trying to figure out like the best dose of Hey, are uh, do you have to do um, infusions on like a weekly basis? Or um, there's a lot of different protocols out there. And actually, I need to check the research to see where ketamine infusion stays, or even the development of intranasal kind of like an allergy spray of mm-hmm. um, ketamine or esketamine, um, so that it is more regularly administered in the body. Um, but it is one of those things that it's kind of like an ongoing um, medication that you have to take, not maybe every day, but to re-up it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they've been trying to uh, research now is um, psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy or yeah. essentially um, having a therapist uh, while you are getting your infusions, whether it be ketamine, MDMA, or even psilocybin, to do a really powerful um, intervention while you're essentially in an altered state of consciousness, mm-hmm. aka um, kind of like a substance-induced trance mm-hmm. in order to really work through hard, difficult things because in the state of you know, ketamine is a dissociative. Um, hypnosis is a dissociative. Yes. <laughs> really trying to work through those um, difficult, maybe conscious-related blocks to remove kind of the, the core issues or to think about things in different ways. Um, this, this is especially helpful within um, survivors of trauma or PTSD. There's a lot of emerging research of looking at um, you know, phys- physician or psychologist-assisted um, therapy during um, psychedelics or other kind of dissociative states to see if these um, medicines can work in synergistically. Mm-hmm. And just looking at different ways of medicine um, that has some psychoactive properties, that have some dissociative qualities, could be really helpful in essentially having a bigger impact and a longer impact when it comes to the reduction of these really terrible symptoms. Got it. So how does this integrate with your hypnosis practice? Yeah. So I will say I have I have not had training in the um, you know psychedelic assistant therapy. Really want to, um, really trying to make that happen. But what I foresee um, it happening is that, especially other mindfulness practitioners and hypnosis practitioners, we are really well versed in noticing dissociation, noticing when people are in an altered state of consciousness that we are kind of invoking with our mind body medicine. I think we would be so well equipped to 
help individuals who are in a substance-induced dissociation or a psychedelic-induced um, dissociation to really be with them and pace them through. Um, because I will be honest, there's sometimes ab reactions. If any kind of hypnotherapist or even mindfulness pr- uh, practitioner is out there, ab reactions is essentially a negative reaction to either a suggestion or working through an emotion that happens in a state of trance. And it's, it's very, it's internal. Like you kind of have to ask the person, Hey, walk me through what is going on here. Yeah. Um, It's usually intense emotionally. Right. Right. And that's, you know, when people say I'm having a bad trip or, you know, kind of TV shows with this, um, in my perspective, that is having an ab reaction of some mm. kind of psychedelic, uh, you know, is creating some negative adverse reaction. And, you know, you may be in a completely safe, comfortable position um, and area, but the environment, the inner environment, your unconscious essentially is making things really difficult for you to be in this present moment and um, work through some of these challenging things. Fascinating. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I've never seen it that way, but yeah, that yeah. is every, like a bad trip is basically yeah. an average reaction. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And, and like with a lot of, you know, therapists, we are kind of, well, I hope some of them are used to of going through and being, you know, alongside someone's ab reaction. Um, and yeah, some- I just did an episode about like safety and hypnosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That reaction is actually pretty rare when mm-hmm. someone's not on drugs. <laughs> right, right. But it does happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I was having like a networking meeting virtual actually <laughs> with someone who was just starting in the hypnosis world. She was saying like, they told us what every reaction was in my training, but actually... I have no idea what to do Mm. with it when it happens. And I was like, oh, okay. And you're right. We're very, most of us, and definitely with more experience, we're well-trained about how to handle that. And Mm -hmm. I was saying to her, look, like the first thing you got to do is believe them, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's going on here is sort of like if you have a child and they're convinced that a monster is under the bed, Mm -hmm. the first thing you got to say is let's check. Let's check if the monster's under the bed, right? Mm-hmm. And then I understand the monster could have moved to the closet. I get it. So, you know, your best thing is to stay calm, believe them, and then walk them through that until they feel safe. So maybe the monster spray needs to come out and you need to spray the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was saying like the best thing you could do though is stay calm, right? It, right? Stay calm. You're the safety for that mm-hmm. person. You're the safe person who's going to help them through that. Right. Who's going to help them release it, work through it, and heal Mm -hmm. that experience. Right. Yeah. And I love just that analogy or metaphor of um, kind of being that warm, compassionate, understanding parent. Um, And that's, I mean, just checking reality, checking 101, but really believing them really trying to understand what they are going through. And I think, you know, I like to see it as riding the wave of an ab reaction. Um, Because sometimes you really do have to allow it space and a very safe space and holding space for them to work through it. This is especially common with EMDR when you're working through really the hardest point of the trauma. There's going to be tears. 
there's going to be some resistance and just being able to provide them that safety and understanding. And I think encouragement too, of you will get through this. Let's, let's breathe through this. Let's Mm -hmm. heal through this. Um, And I also love to say, you know, to heal is to feel and just allow that wave to go through you and kind of your, your breath can be a surfboard, ride that wave until it reaches the shore. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Well, we are coming up to the end of our time and I have really loved our discussion. Me too. This has been so much fun. I know. So I know that you have a podcast, Caffeinated Mm -hmm. Consciousness. Yeah, that's right. Which I love. Okay, I'm assuming you're a fan of coffee. Oh, yes. Coffee and tea. I like to alternate both of them. (laughs) And tea. Me too. I love tea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite coffee? Oh, man. Right now, I am enjoying this cinnamon vanilla. It's very kind of spicy and perfect for the holidays, very cozy. Um, And for tea, I love pu'er tea. It's kind of like the stouts of tea. So yeah. How do you spell that? Um, Oh gosh, you're catching me right there. I think it's P-U-E-R-H. I may have to Google that. (laughs) Okay. Is it the the brand with like the line over the U? Is there like- Or like the puka- the Puka brand. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So yeah. wonderful. And how do you like your, your coffee made? Ooh, um, let's see. My partner, we got a Chemex a little bit ago. So um, just pour over coffee, essentially. I like mm-hmm. to keep it plain um, so I can just really enjoy the flavors, I guess, black if you would. But Wow. Um, I've been really enjoying putting a scoop of um, organic coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And so it's like keto friendly and has okay. that fat. Yeah. yeah. And actually research supports that having some kind of fat, um, either creamer or an oil or something like that, um, helps kind of reduce the jitters and coat your stomach so that you can absorb um, the caffeine at a steadier rate. Ah, yeah. well, I know, like, I've been a fan of MCT oil. I use it yes. every morning too mm-hmm. uh, for like years, and because it's so good at preventing mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that it reduces the jitters. Yeah. But, um, that's good to know, right? <laughs> and it tastes really good. If you love coconut, like, and there's some coconut um, coffee out there that just like put it yeah. in there, just double the coconut. <laughs> Oh, mine's like flavorless, so ah. it doesn't matter what I put it into. Yeah, but um, but I did put like a tablespoon in the morning. Yum. <laughs> yeah, there's a book by Amy Berger called uh, what is it? Alzheimer's something that <laughs> Alzheimer's is in the title, uh-huh. but it's like that was my biggest takeaway. Is mm-hmm. like wow, do not cut out your MCT oil. It's really important for preventing Alzheimer's. But people can look up that research on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And so Caffeinated Consciousness is the podcast. And then how do people find you? Right. So to find me, I also have a YouTube channel um, that has some of my examples of mindful hypnosis and other kind of um, science facts um, to help you stress less and live more. So um, you can easily find me on my website, which is www.drdrlizlistens. So www.drlizlistens.com. 
And um, wonderful. I love that website. Yeah. And then my YouTube, you can just type in um, your Zen within. Uh, relax with Dr. Liz and I should pop up there. So if you ever want to experience deep relaxation and mindful hypnosis, I have plenty of those um, examples for you to relax and just let go of some stress. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Of course. And thank you so much. I've this has been amazing. And I've been such a fan of yours. So I'm kind of starstruck right now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm happy to support you on your, your podcasting and YouTube journey as well. Thank you. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.